Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Charting a New Course in the Treatment Paradigm of Relapsed Refractory Multiple Myeloma, the Current Snapshot of Novel CAR T-Cell Therapies. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported through an educational grant from Bristol-Myers Squibb. Hello, my name is Sergio Geralt. I'm the Belvin Berlin Family Chair in Myeloma Research, the Deputy Head of the Division of Hematologic Malignancies, a professor of medicine, and I work at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center at Wild Cornell Medical College. I'll be talking to you today about a new course in the treatment paradigm of relapsed refractory multiple myeloma. Let's start by discussing the unmet therapeutic needs with current treatments for patients with relapsed refractory multiple myeloma. So the treatment for multiple myeloma has changed dramatically over the last 10 years. For newly diagnosed multiple myeloma patients, we have a variety of drug classes that we can explore in combinations. One is the traditional imids, lenalidomide or thalidomide, two the protosome inhibitor, ortezomib, carfizomib, exasomib. Three, steroids, four, alkylating agents, and five, the CD38 monoclonal antibodies, what is traditional now for transplant-eligible and transplant-ineligible patients is to do triplet combinations. More recently, based on the results of the Griffin and Cassiopeia's trial, four drug combinations have become available. Now, what happens when patients relapse after having been exposed to three or more drug treatments? Well, Patients who have now been exposed to all four drugs earlier in the course of the disease are becoming resistant, are becoming triple drug exposed and sometimes even pentorefractory. What are the availables for those patients? Well, a lot of the salvage treatment for myeloma depends on prior exposure to the drugs, prior response to the drugs, and prior tolerability to drugs. Based on real-world data from patients with newly diagnosed myeloma, many patients are not able to get the third or fourth-line treatment because the myeloma actually advances and the duration of response based on line of treatment becomes shorter and shorter as time goes on. The overall survival in patients with myeloma who are now refractory to CD38-targeted monoclonal antibodies is significantly short, particularly if they're refractory to Cortisone inhibition and imids, pentarefractory patients have a median overall survival of less than six months. So while the majority of patients with multiple myeloma are sensitive to a variety of drug classes, and many of them may have long-term disease control with median progression-free survivals now over five years, it's only a minority of patients who will not relapse. And refractoriness to all agents is basically inevitable. Patients need treatment options with novel mechanisms of actions that can provide durable responses, evade resistance to prior therapies, and are better tolerated. In the next session, we'll discuss the rationale for targeting BCMA in multiple myeloma. Let's discuss the rationale for targeting BCMA in multiple myeloma. BCMA is a protein that is expressed on the surface of myeloma cells and expressed universally on all myeloma cells. It's not expressed in normal tissue. It doesn't share epitopes with normal molecules. It has good affinity for receptors, and it's not easily shed or downregulated. Thus, it is a great target for monoclonal antibody therapy or for some form of immunotherapy. So what type of immunotherapies can leverage this fact that BCMA is expressed almost exclusively 
on malignant plasma cells and not normal plasma cells. So you can think about antibody drug conjugates, where an antibody against BCMA is conjugated with a payload that usually is either a chemotherapy agent or a radioaminophilic conjugate. You can think about CAR T-cell therapies, where the chimeric antigen receptor targets BCMA and thus brings that T-cell in direct contact with the abnormal plasma cell to destroy it. Or you can think of bispecific antibodies where one arm of the antibody targets BCMA, the other arm of the antibody targets CD3, and that's again bringing the patient's normal T-cell, the unmodified T-cell, in close proximity to the plasma cell so that it can exert its anti-tumor effect. So the different BCMA-targeted therapies in relapse refractory myeloma have different pros and cons. CAR T-cell therapy has the advantage of being one and done, So here with CAR-T therapies, you can develop long-term immunity, but they're very expensive. They require manufacturing time. They require lymphodepleting chemotherapy, and they're associated with CRS, neurotoxicity, and hematologic toxicity. All of these therapies are going to be expensive. Antibody drug conjugates may be more expensive as well as bispecific because they require multiple treatment. The benefit of both antibody drug conjugate and bispecific is both of these therapies are off the shelf. The antibody drug conjugates at this time require intravenous administration. Bispecific antibodies can be given subcutaneously. They require, unfortunately, hospitalization for at least the three first doses to do step-up dosing. Currently, they're being dosed weekly, although that may change in the future. Bispecific antibodies can cause CRS, neurotoxicity, hematologic toxicity, while antibody drug conjugates, the one that's currently available, has caused corneal toxicities that requires, in many instances, discontinuation of therapy or delayed in therapy. I'm frequently asked if patients exposed to a Briar BCMA-targeted therapy will respond to CAR-T therapy. As you can see here, patients who received the prior antibody drug conjugate still have a significant response that can last anywhere up to five to six months. Patients who have not been exposed to any BCMA-targeted therapy seem to do better with a median progression-free survival of nine months. There seems to be an ideal sequencing here that we need to figure out. But the bottom line is that you can still respond to CAR T-cell therapy targeting BCMA, even if you were exposed to a BCMA-targeted agent. It does seem to make a difference that if the time since prior exposure is longer, the chances of responses seem to be higher. In this session, we will review the clinical efficacy data associated with CAR T-cell therapies. In the KARMA study, the overall response rate was 73%, with patients receiving the ideal dose of 450 million CAR T-cells, actually the overall response rate was higher at 81%, with total CR rate of around 39%. In the total group, the overall CR rate was 33%, and this was seen across all risk categories. KARMA-3 is an international open-label phase 3 randomized trial of IDA-cell versus standard regimens in adult patients who had received between two to four prior lines of treatment, so earlier in the course of the disease as compared to the KARMA trial. In this study, there is a significant benefit for receiving IDA-cell, 13.3 months progression-free survival, versus 4.4 months for patients that receive the standard regimen. Survival data is not yet available, and I remind everybody this was a crossover design. The real-world data for KARMA was a global non-interventional retrospective study of IDA cell versus available treatments in adult patients 
with relapse refractory myeloma who had received more than three prior regimens. Not only progression-free survival was significantly better, but there was an overall survival benefit with a hazard ratio of 0.45 for patients who received IDASEL in this situation. The other BCMA targeted are T-cell is Siltacel. Hartitude 1 was a single open-label phase 1b trial of Siltacel in adult patients with relapse refractory myeloma but received three or more prior lines of therapy. In the study, you can see that the progression-free survival is above 50%. And the media progression-free survival actually had not been reached. Recently, the real-world data looking at siltacel versus available treatment in adult patients with triple-class exposed relapse refractory myeloma was also published. When compared to standard antimyeloma therapy, there's a significant benefit for progression-free survival and overall survival for patients receiving the BCMA-targeted CAR T-cell versus other conventional antimyeloma therapy. So BCMA-targeted CAR T-cell therapies have shown significant clinical efficacy in patients with triple-class exposed relapse refractory multiple myeloma. In the next session, we'll discuss the safety profile of these therapies. In this session, let's discuss the safety profiles of BCMA-CAR T-cell therapies. So in CARMA-3, similar to what was seen in the phase one trial of IDASEL, the adverse events that occurred, any grade, were common. Grade three to four toxicities, particularly hematologic toxicities, were the most common one, seen in 87%. Now, remember that even with standard regimen, 60% of the patients will have grade three to four hematologic toxicity. CRS and neurotoxicities are what we call toxicities of interest. There was less than 5% grade three to four CRS events and only 3% neurotoxic event in patients receiving IDASEL. And these were actually not seen in patients receiving standard treatment. In CARTITUDE, it's similar. The cytokine release syndrome was seen in about 4% of the patients, grade 3 to 4. And neurotoxic events were seen in actually 10% of patients. We now have very effective ways of managing these for CRS, particularly if CRS happens early. The threshold for steroids actually is decreased. Obviously, in patients who get grade 2 CRS, depending on whether they're hypoxic or not, they should start on low-flow oxygen. Early intervention with IV fluids, tocilizumab, and corticosteroids make a significant difference in the treatment control of patients receiving these BCMA-targeted CAR therapies. With neurotoxicities, we usually have all patients seen by neurology consult service if they have grade 2 or greater neurotoxicity. Their neurologic exams are done every four hours. In certain situations, we do brain MRI, continuous EEG, and examination of the CSF. All patients with neurotoxicity should be treated with systemic corticosteroids. We actually do anti-seizure prophylaxis for all patients getting CAR T-cell therapy. And we don't think that tocilizumab has a lot to add in patients with neurotoxicity unless they have signs and symptoms of CRS in addition to the signs of neurotoxicity. So patients with relapse refractory myeloma treated with CAR T-cell therapy are at risk of hematologic and neurologic adverse events, as well as CRS. However, management strategies for these adverse events are well-defined and effective. In the next session, let's discuss the place in therapy for CAR T-cell therapies. So after having heard the last four sessions, the question is, what is the place of CAR T-cell therapy in the treatment of patients with relapse refractory myeloma? What's available according to NCCA guidelines in patients with late relapse? That means greater than three prior therapy. So you can do bendamustine combinations. You can do what we will call the DCEP-like treatments that include high-dose refractionated cyclophosphamide. After four or more lines of therapy, then 
Both Idacel, Siltocel, and Teclistamab are approved for this indication. Useful in certain circumstances, although now only through a compassionate use program, is belantamab, the antibody drug conjugate. In general, we would say that if patients have had four or more lines of treatment, the most effective treatment seems to be the BCMA-targeted therapy, such as Idacel, Siltocel, Teclistamab. On certain occasions, if patients do not qualify for these, then cell and exer combinations have been utilized. So what things should be considered for treatment selection in patients or who would be eligible for a CAR-T? Biologic age should not be considered, but comorbidities and frailties definitely should. Transplant eligibility is important, particularly for patients who have never seen high-dose melphalan and have stem cells collected in the fissure. And as always, we need to see what patients' expectations and wishes are so we can develop a personalized treatment that will give patients a good quality of life with minimal comorbidities. There are disease-related factors that need to be considered, the presence of high-risk disease, early relapses, and aggressiveness of the current relapse will really require more aggressive therapy to achieve at least some degree of disease control. There's therapy-related considerations. How many lines of treatment has somebody had and what did they respond to? You know, patients who've had a good response to treatment that they have seen previously, those drugs can still be active in patients with relapse refractory myeloma. So overall. Relapse is common, leading to triple-class exposed relapse refractory myeloma early in the course of the disease. For patients that are triple-class exposed, BCMA-targeted CAR T-cell therapies are an effective therapy available for patients with relapse refractory multiple myeloma after four or more prior lines of therapy. Safety considerations for these therapies include neurotoxicity and CRS, for which we have effective management strategies. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.